Yes, to go to the new one. Okay, let's see. You ready to go? Yeah, as ready as I will be because uh, I've already been chatting. So yeah, go for it. Cool. All right, what's going on, guys? Uh, we should be live. I'm live here with David Bumble. This is the This Is IT Show. Say hi, David. Hey, everyone. First time on a live stream with Chuck. Really looking forward to this. Uh, yeah, you sound a little uh, robot-y, David, because you're, you're really far on vacation, I, su I pose, suppose. Yeah, the link's not great at the moment, so we'll have to see how it goes. I mean, if, we, if we've had a lot of problems uh, setting this up. Um, if the quality is bad, maybe we can do it another time when I'm back in England. But I'm currently in Lanzarote, enjoying some sun. I did try and sit outside, obviously because we're doing a live stream. We had a lot of technical problems, and it had to rain, so I came back inside. <laughs> you sound like a thing from Doctor Who. Was it like a dialect or something? Um, <laughs> but it's, it's called British. It's <laughs> you need to learn to speak. <laughs> um, which, you know, this won't be an issue uh, with our kind of our surprise announcement. And I guess we can go ahead and do that first thing. Um, so here, uh, did you want to say the surprise, David? I, I don't want to keep them on the hook and you, you can say it if you want. No, you better do it because hopefully you're from your side because uh, it's streaming from you. So you go for it. <laughs> you know, someone just made the same comment. You sound like a Dalek from, uh, <laughs> from Doctor Who. <laughs> That you're, you're just you're so into IT that you're you're starting to form a, a robotic voice. You can't help it. Um, so anyway. I have to blame the fact that I'm on an island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, and the voice stream is Europe, and then across the Atlantic to somewhere in Texas. <laughs> I feel like there's some network guy that we can uh, get on about that. Come on, increase David's latency here or decrease it. Um, so the big announcement. Many of you may not know that David and I have never met in person. Uh, we've only chatted like this. So uh, here in a few weeks, on April 15th, he and I will be flying out to Cisco headquarters in San Jose. And we'll be doing just a ton of amazing content, giving you behind-the-scenes stuff at Cisco HQ. Um, they invited us out there along with a few other Cisco champions, and it's, it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited to finally meet this guy in person. Yeah, hopefully you don't speak the way I can hear you, Chuck. But you sound like a robot as well. Oh, really? So we're just we're just kind of speaking in robot voices back and forth. There you go. <laughs> well, guys, what you don't know is so David. Checking, I'll I'll do I'll I'll jump on the chat because the audio is quite bad. Hopefully it'll improve. Yeah, everyone in the chat, let me know if if David or I sound horrible. I know David sounds like a Dalek, but how do I sound? <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> so, uh, so in case you don't know, David is always on vacation. You think he works real hard, but he doesn't. So he's like, he's, he's always sending me pictures from like a volcano or something. He's, he doesn't work at all. That's right. It's the difference between an American culture and a European culture. I keep telling you this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we will be at Cisco. I've never been to Cisco headquarters. I think it's going to be just amazing. Um, we're going to be out there doing interviews. If there's anything that you want to see that we maybe, I mean, we've we've had we've thought of some pretty cool things. We have some things set up, but if there's something you really want to find out, if you really want to see behind the curtain of Cisco, uh, let us know. We'll do our best to capture everything. We want to be your eyes and ears at HQ, and that's that's in San Jose, California. In case you guys didn't know. Yeah, I've been really looking forward to it, Chuck. I mean, it's going to be good to meet you. Hopefully, I still don't sound like a robot, but I understand some of this. It'd be great to meet you in person. It'd be great to go to, you know, Cisco HQ, because I've never been there. Have you been to San No, I've never been to Cisco HQ. I mean, I've been to Cisco Live, and actually, I've and I've been to Cisco, um, the Cisco office here in Richardson, which they now have the CCIE lab here as well. Uh, but I've never been to San Jose to go to the the mothership, I guess. So that that'll be pretty cool. I, it's I, I, thanks again to Cisco for inviting us out there. It's gonna be really fun to see what we can find. I think they're gonna have some pretty cool things. We're gonna have lab tours and all kinds of stuff. I don't want to give too much away, but it's 
it's going to be pre some pretty cool stuff. Oh yeah, Eric Chu said there's a giant IP phone we should see. Yeah, they actually mentioned that, and I'm, I mean, as you can tell, I kind of have a thing for IP phones, so I'm stoked about that. Oh my goodness. Ask Cisco why they removed the NetWriters competition from the Net Academy. I don't even know what that is, but sounds pretty cool. So let's see. Let's see, uh, David. You got any questions I can answer? Uh, yeah. Let me start looking. Sorry, everyone's saying that I sound terrible. So well, let me see um, what questions we got for you. Yeah, someone asked. Do we need CCNA RNS to study collaboration? Well, the official answer from Cisco will be no. Um, I'm going to say yes. Uh, you you don't want to forego that initial foundation of routing and switching. Um, with collaboration, it, it's it's what it lives on. Routing and switching does everything. And with collaboration, you're going to be working on Cisco routers that'll use iOS commands that are very similar to what you'll learn in routing and switching. You just have to know how everything works. I would not, I would never ever skip routing and switching. Even like with me, uh, before I became, you know, a CBT Nugget trainer, my goal was just to become the best collaboration engineer I could be. And uh, even with that, I wanted to make sure I had my CCMP routing and switching um, before I even went to like CCMP collaboration and stuff. Another question is, when is Jeremy from CBT Nugget joining us? Well, um, I definitely plan on getting him on the show. Uh, I think it'd be really cool to get him on a chat, get on a, a live stream type of thing maybe. I don't know. We might. Nah, we, we may just do a pre-recorded video. What do you think, guys? You want to do a live stream with Jeremy? He's, he's never been on a live stream. Or we could do pre-recorded. I don't know. Might be better pre-recorded, given that David's a Dalek right now. So uh, I see one from Justin Brun or Brun. Uh, thoughts on post CCNA focus, CCMP, or maybe explore specific areas, wireless security or collab. Thoughts? Uh, what do you think, David? I'll let you run with that. I'm gonna grab a cord real quick. I was making a replying to the comment saying that I sound like a robot, because um, I don't sound like this in real life, not normally. Because we had the question: thoughts on post CCNA focus, CCMP, or maybe explore specific areas such as wireless security or collaboration. So I think the takeaway on all of this is what do you enjoy? Um, I did Cisco collaboration for many years, but I've kind of moved into network programmability and other, you know, other spheres. Everyone always asks the question, you know, what should I do to earn the most money or, you know, get the furthest in life? I think you need to do what you enjoy. There's no point, you know, working with IP phones if you don't enjoy it or there's no point doing Python if you hate it. Try and do what you can. So, I mean, CCNA's routing and switching is a great start. And I mean, there's many tracks that you can take. At one point in my career, I used to train like four different types of CCMP tracks. So security, routing and switching, collaboration. You know, I used to do a lot of tracks. There's nothing stopping you doing more than one. You've got to decide what you, know, what you enjoy. Chuck, I don't know if that made any sense or it came up like really robotic. I don't know. I, it sounded pretty good on my side, and it should sound good on their side, I believe. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, guys always ask this question, you know, what should we study after CCNA? Try and see what you enjoy. I think if you do CCNA routing and switching, and then you do, say, CCNA security, that's a great, a great path. Um, but you might not enjoy security. Um, some people really have a passion for security. Others don't. So study what you enjoy. Don't just follow the money. Um, money comes from multiple areas in IT. I mean, I think it's, it's like this. If you became a nurse or a school teacher, that's a career choice that limits your income. But if you do Cisco, there's a lot of opportunities. And again, you, you're not forced on one tra track for your whole life. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time and I've done many different things in my career. Um, I think programming and Stuff like that is really important at the moment, but in five years, it will be different again. Or even in two years, it might be different. Try and see what you enjoy and try and ride waves. Chuck, we've spoken about this before. 
you know, try and get on the new stuff. Collab sorry, um, network programmability is hot at the moment. I think collaboration was hot 15 years ago when I started. Uh, it's a very mature technology. So I think, Chuck, I don't know if you agree, because I know you like collaboration. I think collaboration is very mature now. If you want to get on the next wave, um, programming is a great place to go. Yeah, I, I agree. Um... Because really, if, if you want to be successful in IT, like what David said, it's all about riding those waves. Um, yeah, there, you, you might find something you fall in love with. Like for me, it was collaboration, and I probably would have never left collaboration, but you better believe I was going to start learning programming with collaboration. Uh, they have APIs and everything just like routing and switching. So you, yeah, you, you need to ride those waves because that's what makes you rare. That's what people pay money for. When you are different from everyone else, when you have a skill set that is hard to find that's where money comes in just how it works okay, we had a, we, uh, this question comes up a lot chuck i don't know if you want to try do do i need to get a degree i always I always hear that i mean it sounds like in the u.s degrees are really important i saw recently that google and some of the other big companies have stopped making a degree a requirement for entry um, in other parts of the world it's different they don't require degrees to to get positions. So what's the what's your take on the US situation? Well, I always thought that in Europe, degrees are kind of a big deal. Like I, I hear from people all the time that it's really hard to find a job in like the UK without having a degree. Is that the case that you've seen? Well, I mean, I, I don't know how many people know this, but I, I'm originally from South Africa. So I moved to the UK many years ago. And I think the most important thing that they were looking for was my CCIE. So I was able to move from one continent to another, from one hemisphere to another, based purely on the fact that I had a CCIE. So in my experience, my CCIE was more valuable than my degree. It's quite funny, really, because I studied this degree in South Africa, and it's not even recognized in the UK. They don't have this type of degree. And I think it's, it's I like to joke about it, and I can, I suppose, because I'm from South Africa, is people in certain parts of the world may not, how do you say this politely, may not apply the same value to a degree from other parts of the world. So if you got a degree from, say, South Africa, other countries may not value it as highly as you know degrees from, from say, the US or the UK. But even in the US, as an example, are you going to an Ivy League university or are you just going to some other university, you know, there are different types of universities, different levels. So my experience was different. Um, I think you, 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 you said it well when you said, you know, if you can differentiate yourself and have multiple, you know, skills and multiple certs and a degree, that's great. Um, is it necessary? I think it very much depends. Does that kind of answer the question? Yeah, yeah. So I, I was curious from your perspective, um, but I forget that you're you're a dodgy South African, so. Um, there you go. A, oh, by the way, people said you sound normal now, so I guess you're, maybe your kids were streaming Netflix or something. Um, That's exactly right. <laughs> so I, I, here in the U.S., it is, it is tricky. I think it's based on whatever industry you want to go into. For me, my experience is that degrees are not that important for uh, the private sector. Um, it's, it's always a nice to have. Like When you look at a job, they're going to say, this, this job requires um, a bachelor's degree and five years of experience. And... I, I can't find a job where it doesn't say that. But most of the time, I got the job. <laughs> most of the time, I got the interview. They didn't care. I, I, didn't put, I don't put on my resume, I have a degree. I don't have a degree. So it, I think in the US, like if you want to go for a government job, yeah, you probably need a degree. <laughs> Government's always kind of behind the times with stuff, and um, they need that checkbox for you. But with any other industry, I think you'll be better served by getting a job straight away instead of wasting it like because I, I think you should i think getting your certifications are important you should if you're going to do it if you're going to go to college study for certifications at the same time or find a degree that's going to give you certifications uh but if i were to do it all over again i would do the same thing i would get a job start racking up experience and work on certifications that is the absolute best path because experience is the most valuable currency in your career that's it just is uh, your degree shows that you suck with something and you persisted, uh, but the knowledge you learned in that degree, <laughs> it's going to fade away. Um, it's less valuable. Certifications tell people that you have fresh knowledge on a, most, a, a more recent technology, but uh, degrees, 
I have a love-hate relationship because it's just because I, I don't have one. And I told my brother not to get one, and he's doing great. And I know many people who never got their degrees, and they're doing fantastic. So it's, I don't know. hope that answered the question. Yeah, I don't think it's an easy one. I mean, my degree is obviously very relevant to what we're doing, Chuck. I mean, I got a degree in accountancy. Very, uh, very useful. Um, so I got accountancy and information s- systems were my you know, primary subjects. Um, I mean, I, I'm not upset that I did them. They helped me a lot, and they still help me today. Um, I run my own business, and having accountancy knowledge is fantastic. Um, information systems was good. But, I mean, I remember the stuff that we studied all those years ago. I mean, it's irrelevant today. Um, I think the problem – so I'll give you another example. I wanted to learn Python. So I, before I created my Python for Network Engineers course, I wanted to you know, start learning Python. And one of the things I did was enroll in a university in the UK. There's a university called the Open University that allows you to study part-time. And I'm not knocking Oh, yeah, a buddy of mine is in that right now, actually. He's in the UK. Yeah, Yeah, so I was going to say the – I mean, the universities are are good, I suppose. But in my experience of that, they were teaching me Python only in second year. I had to do some basic subjects first. And I found it really irrelevant – to what I needed to learn to implement Python in the real world. And that's one of the reasons that I created the Python for Network Engineers course, because I try to put in that course what I couldn't find elsewhere. I mean, there's a lot of information available now, but I mean, that's my my experience, just my personal experience. I found that the university track took two years, didn't teach me what I needed. I could have picked up a book and learned much more in a month. Huh, interesting. I didn't know you went back to or went back to school, yeah, to um, learn Python. That's interesting. You know, I, I wanted to um, bring up something, and it's it's from what I'm reading in that Atomic Habits book. Thanks for Good the recommendation. Yeah, thanks for the recommendation. It's really a sure. fantastic book. Uh, but one thing he says about changing your habits to become who you want to be is, uh, and this was like kind of the first chapter, I think, was changing your identity to become who you want to be. So if, if you want to be a cook, if you're learning to cook, don't just say you're learning to cook. Say, I am a cook. I am a chef. Um, would you say that's something we could do for programming? I know um, we always tell people, yes, learn programming, but you don't have to become a programmer. But should we change that vernacular for ourselves? Should we say we are programmers? I think Hank Preston put it well. He's, he uses a different term, and he was asking on Twitter who – you know, what term should we use? Is it DevOps engineer? Is it network automation engineer? I, I mean, I have chats with um, Chuck Black, who's a pure software developer, has been for like 30 years. Um, and the way he sees the world and what we're doing is different. I mean, he's a pure software developer. Um, obviously, he can do network automation, and he helps me with a lot of the Python content that I create and stuff. I think there's a big difference to what he's doing and what we're doing. So I wouldn't call ourselves software developers. I would say like network automation engineer or something along those terms. But to your point, I think you've got to internalize the fact that we are going to have to do programming um, in the in the coming years. It's not something you can get away from. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and I guess because yeah, we, what we do is we don't we don't really program as a software developer. We're more scripting things, putting things together, building frameworks. Um, now I wanted to. I hear this thing all the time, and I want to see your perspective because you, you've been in the industry for a while. You, uh, you kind old of man, a, yes, kind of a network dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, I love you, Chuck. <laughs> much love from here, David. Um, I wanted to see from your experience. Do you like the term network engineer? I know a lot of people don't like the fact that we call ourselves network engineers. What's your opinion on that? You're really you're putting me on the spot yet. I mean, I didn't come onto this live stream to be put on the spot. I'm kidding. I mean, it's a difficult one. Some people get really, I can use some really nasty words here. So they get very particular, let's put it that way, yeah. about terms. They get very particular about the way you say things or you write things. You know, I, I, I didn't see life as that. My experience, the more I travel, the more I see that the world is a different place depending on where you go. And what's, you know, what's right in the U.S. is definitely not right in the U.K. I mean, you guys drive on the wrong side of the road. Isn't that right, Chuck? So. <laughs> I'm sure that'll change soon. <laughs> yes. So, um, I mean, I don't think there's one correct way for many of us. Uh, different parts of the world do it differently. 
different cultures do it differently. Um, there's not only one answer for everyone. But yeah, when it comes to network engineers, some guys feel that to be an engineer, um, you have to be able to program, you have to be able to build things. I had a really cool talk with Ivan Pepelniak a few weeks ago. He's been in the industry a long time as well. He's known as the grumpy network engineer. And he, he used this term, you know, like we are not actually network engineers. We are uh, like administrators or, you Ooh. know, we just use the equipment. We, there, was, there was another term that he used, operators, I think is the term he used. We are oh. operators. We are not actually engineers because we're not building the stuff. When he was at university, he had to code. He had to work with circuits. He had to build something from scratch. That's not what we tend to do today. And he said there's this sort of movement in industries throughout the world where you're getting very skilled people, like a small group of very skilled people. And then you get people, you know, that are just starting, don't have a lot of uh, knowledge. And I think the world is moving that way. You're going to get a small group of people that get highly paid, that are very, very skilled. And then the middle is going to be carved out. So I think the, the warning for all of us is don't stop learning, keep on learning and, um, you know, try and get into that top echelon of, of, of engineers or whatever term you want to use. <laughs> well, I find that interesting that a guy like that, I can't say his last name, I'll just call him Ivan, uh, would consider, I mean, it sounds like a bunch of the old guard might think that way too. Um, because like, what, what what determines an engineer? I guess it would be someone who's building stuff. Because you got electrical engineers, you got software engineers, and then we get in here and say we're network engineers. But that does beg the question: as we're getting into DevOps kind of things, and we're, I mean, yeah, we're still using the code on the routers. But if we start building uh, automation frameworks, and if we're starting to code things together, we're kind of engineering a few things, a little bit. <laughs> I think some people will disagree with you. Disagree with you. They'll say you need to do like a four-year degree to become a mechanical engineer um, well, or that, electrical engineer. We, we're not doing that. We're getting CCNA in like three months. Hey, it's, it's not our fault that we found a way to cheat the system. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we're just smarter but than they up. are. <laughs> but I want to I want to say something that's interesting. I mean, I I was thinking of doing a video about this because you are a fantastic example of how the world has changed. To use that word cheating the system, and I, when we spoke before, you know, offline, um, I don't see it as cheating the system. I see it as, you know, disrupt, disruption is the term they use in Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. You are a great example of someone who doesn't have a degree, someone who, you know, when we first met, you were CCNA certified. You had, you had real world experience, but you didn't have CCIE or CCMP yet. Right. But you've done really, really well, and I think, you're a fine example of someone who has seen the changes coming in the world and have leveraged social media and producing content <laughs> to get your name out there. So I would say, and you know, please don't shoot me down, but I would say a very important skill to have today is not necessarily racking up certifications. It's getting your name out there and being active on social media by you know, producing content, do, doing something there. If you quiet and you and people don't know about you um your job prospects will be perhaps lower than if people know about you um i think you're a great example of that michael hilton uh, he's, he's i think he's 15 now he's another person who's doing that yeah, well you know, from a young age he's mm -hmm. already getting his name out there he's racking up the certs but he's people know about him because he's being active on social media so don't use social media to you know look at trash use it to enhance your career and that's, I don't know what you think about that. Oh, I, I completely agree. And but I, I do have to warn people, you know, we're saying this now. We're saying if you want to advance your career, you need to make sure you're heard. Make sure you're out there. Put your projects out on, on the web. Be active on Twitter. Problem is, the more people we tell about that, the more people are going to do it. And then suddenly it's, it becomes less <laughs> effective, right? I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's going to be a crowded field. So I think the, the moral of the story here is you need to find a way to make yourself stand out. Um, if social media becomes too crowded, if Twitter... Uh, it's too crowded for you. You got to find another way to stand out. It might be making YouTube videos. It might be becoming a Snapchat guy on on networking. It, it could be anything, but you have to find a way to stand out. And to touch on the on the certifications and degrees and kind of hacking the system, I mean, what what really light bulbed uh, this is that a verb? I'm gonna make that a verb. Light bulbed. What yes. light bulbed this for me? Uh, not needing certifications, or I mean certifications. I love certifications, but I've met guys who were really really high up in a company. They were just incredible network, I'm going to say it, engineers. And 
they they were awesome. Like they were just amazing. And I would talk to them and I'd always geek out and say, okay, what do you have like your CCIE? What certifications do you have? And they would say, oh, I don't have anything. I'm like, oh, what degree do you have? Oh, I don't have that either. I don't have any of that. They just worked their way up and proved themselves. And that's why I love IT. I don't know many fields like that where you can just prove your worth without having all those little check boxes and prerequisites to get that high. And that's kind of been my experience. So when I found that out, when I saw people like this, I'm like, this is amazing. So if for the longest, I mean, I, I stopped studying for certifications for a while to become better at my career and it served me better because you, you don't really need it. If you do good work, that'll speak much louder than having certifications or having a degree. It's interesting. I mean, some of the comments in the sort of the chat is, you know, in certain parts of the world, you have to have a degree to get through HR. Uh, and I think it's a problem with, you know, the the job agents, uh, the guys trying to, you know, place people. Um, recruiters, couldn't think of the word for the moment. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they I, I love it when they say CCNA required, CCIE preferable. I mean, there's there's quite a difference there. That's um, huge, but, yeah. <laughs> and I, I love it when they say you have to, you have to, uh, it's a typical thing. They'll say jobs like today, you have to have worked with Azure for 20 years or 10 years, or I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating. But, well, yeah, Azure you know, for tech- 20 years, but it's been out for 10, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's ridiculous. So, um, I think a lot of those jobs are nice, what, what they'd like to have. But as you, to your point, you, you can get, into positions not having, you know, meet, not meeting all those check boxes at times. Um, but I mean, coming back to the social media thing, Chuck, I, I agree, you know, it can get crowded, but it's about keeping your eye on what's coming. It's, network programmability is a wave that's here. It's actually maturing. I jumped on it a few years ago with SDN. And um, before that, I jumped on the, the collaboration or voice of IP wave as it was then. Keep your eye on what's coming and jump on the new stuff. The same with social media. You are a fine example of someone who saw past the noise, jumped onto the wave of YouTube, and it's been great for you. Well, I mean, you did as well, and um, it, it served us both pretty well. But yeah, and yeah. Th- that's that's key, what you just said, is keeping up with what's coming out. Um, don't become stagnant, because, man, IT is moving faster and faster and faster, especially with us moving more towards programmability, I feel, now that I'm getting into it a little bit more, I feel bad for software developers. They have to change so much faster than we do. I mean, we're we're still working with protocols that have been around for what? I, I don't know, David. When they, where 20 were, years? You were around when they were that. invented, so tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Chuck. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, it's true. I mean, it's, it's from the 80s, some of the stuff. And we still use it. And software developers, man, like, that's they've they've gone so many iterations into new things it's crazy but i mean it's interesting i spoke to chuck black again the uh, recently and he was talking about having to learn a new programming language i mean he's been in this game for i, can't, I, can't, I mustn't misquote him i think it's 40 years so he's been a software developer wow um he's been he's been doing it for a long time and he's now having to learn yet another programming language and he says what's interesting about software developers sometimes they chase the shiny object so they chase this brand new language that they think is very cool and they'll develop with that language, even though perhaps it's, it's overcomplicating what they, what they need to do. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you have to keep on learning. And to your point about old people, <laughs> or should I say more mature people like me, you know, when I, when I was studying for my CCIE, I was learning about ISDN. I mean, I remember the days where the hot topic was how to connect ISDN to VoIP or how to replace a traditional PBX <laughs> with a VoIP PBX. And I had to try and convince people that VoIP was the future. Um, if I had stayed at those technologies, I'd be unemployable today. The biggest skill is to you know, learn something every day. That Atomic Habits book is very good. Um, you know, Get into the habit of studying something every day. Yeah, that's one thing I'm I'm going to start implementing. Um, gosh, that book is so full of gems. I mean, uh, very good. Yeah, habit stacking and all that stuff. It's it's geek worthy for people who are productivity nerds like myself and you. Um, now, I, I forgot what I was going to say. Now you distract me with the atomic habits thing. Way to go, David. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, oh, I was, I was saying say- about learn something every day. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So a good way to keep your eye on things and, and make sure you're up to snuff with stuff is to subscribe to this channel. <laughs> I'm not just trying to promote us. I mean, I am. Uh, but we do try to focus on the new things, try to get people who are working at Cisco, who are working at other companies and, and are doing the new stuff. We're trying to get them on our channel, trying to get the nitty gritty on things. We'll be at Cisco here in a few weeks. So if you haven't already, subscribe um, now. <laughs> uh, we'll see. I was going to say, Chuck, I mean, I mean, you mentioned we're going to Cisco. So in a week, Chuck and I will be, it's about a week, we'll be meeting oh, for the yeah. first time. Um, we're going to San Jose. Uh, we're going to be in like meetings and seeing lab demos for, for, for about four or five days. So I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, hopefully, you, you know, we can find out a lot of good information while we're there and interview a lot of good people. If anyone's got, you know, famous people at Cisco you'd like us to talk to, then, you know, let us know. We've tried Chuck Robbins. I don't think we'll be able to get him, though, unfortunately. If y'all could, just, uh, I mean, he has Twitter. So just go yeah. shout out to Chuck Robbins. Say, Chuck Robbins, we want you on this as IT show. We will be, I think we're going to go by his office. So tell him just to stay put and we'll come interview him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's use the power of social media. We, didn't we just talk about that, how we can cheat the system? Let's prove that right. Guys, help us cheat the system. Go right now and tweet at Chuck Robbins and tell him he needs to be on our show. If someone said, uh, Johnny said, uh, oh, sorry, Mark said, there's plenty of VoIP jobs in Houston, Texas. Um, it sounds like Texas is a hotbed for jobs. Um, I wasn't deriding collaboration just so that everyone's aware of that. For me, <laughs> as someone you know, who's teaching courses, I have to stay on the new stuff because if I created a collaboration course, the demand wouldn't be as high as it was when it's new content. So I have to keep on, you know, trying to be ahead of the curve to deliver content. Um, if you enjoy collaboration, go for it. Sorry. Isn't that ironic though, that um, we're telling people they may need to make themselves rare and doing that is pursuing the stuff that is not everyone's doing, but we're also producing courses that are things that are everyone's doing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, collaboration, my gosh. Um, that was one thing that was such a catalyst for my career. I always mentioned that. And yeah, Mark, um, you mentioned there's a lot of VoIP jobs in, in uh, Houston. Same thing for Dallas and Austin. I mean, I, oh my goodness, I get so many uh, emails from recruiters saying, oh my gosh, you're the perfect person for this job. Can you please call me back? And then I had one guy, he was relentless. He, he would text me four times a day for like a week. And I eventually had to block him. I mean, it's, it's a hard to find sought after skill, especially when you... Um, when you specialize even further, because like w within Cisco, you can learn the basic stuff. Like you'll learn basic stuff with the um, the certification tracks, but then you can specialize in more um, specific technologies like UCCX or UCCE, the call center technologies. And when you learn that, those are really hard to get your hands on, really hard to find information on that. And when you can get experience with that, you are so valuable. Um, so seek after the things that are rare. So guys, you need to, well, we told off for saying guys, Everyone, please, uh, <laughs> please put comments in the, you know, the chat so we can or ask questions. So we've got some more to, to talk about. Otherwise, Chuck will just talk nonsense. Yeah, which is what we normally do. So it's no big deal. We're used to it. Uh, but yeah, that's the other thing. Johnny, uh, I think it's Knives or Neves brought it up. Um, college is expensive. Now, university is extremely expensive, especially in the U.S. I don't know if it's different in the U.K. for you guys over there, David. Um, but here, it's be it's become outrageous like you're, you're gonna be you're gonna have debt for the rest of your life basically unless you really really find a great job so it's i think that we're see, we're seeing a shift i think the problem with uh getting degrees and having jobs that require degrees now is that the people who are hiring value degrees really highly like they might have a degree themselves and they're thinking i'm not going to hire somebody who doesn't have a degree but i think as we get more people in like myself or you guys who are focusing on certifications and real world experience those people who are in the hiring roles it, things will change. We're seeing the shift change. I think, don't quote me on this, but it, but if it comes out to be this, then quote me on it. In 10 years, universities will be like, I won't say non-existent. They're going to be there for like doctors and scientists and stuff. But for this kind of field, I think it'll be almost useless. I think certifications are going to be what it is. Um, I think we'll see it kind of devolve into, um, or might evolve into kind of those those boot camps, like those coding boot camps or those programs where they take you for like a six month process and they give you everything you need to become like a network engineer. I think those might become popular as well. I mean, I'll say this. I am, um, I don't want to talk too much about my ancient history, but <laughs> I am, um, 
I, uh, I got my degree part-time while working crazy hours, working a full-time job. I, I've mentioned this in one of my videos. You know, I was working in retail. I actually started studying to become a mechanical engineer, but because of financial problems, I couldn't pursue that. So I did take a job in retail. I was working crazy hours. And then I got my degree part-time in the evenings. At that time, I was young, unlike now, Chuck, and I didn't have kids and family, so I could work long hours. So I did a lot of studying. I got my degree part-time. I think people put it, you know, or. It's not an or. There's nothing stopping you doing both. So, you know, you could get your certs now, start earning money, a quick um, return on investment on your certs. And then if you feel that you need to get a degree, then do that part-time if, if needed. I mean, not every one of us have a trust fund like you, uh, Chuck. So we, oh, we yeah. Can't go. <laughs> <laughs> do not believe that. <laughs> yeah, so I think what I love about Cisco, and I've seen this so many times, is Cisco is a great way for a lot of people to improve their lives and the lives of their families. If you don't have a lot of money or you didn't you know, inherit tons of money, it's a great way if, if you're prepared to work and study to you know, have a rewarding career and you know, provide financially for yourself. Again, if you become a nurse or a teacher, you might have a great passion for your job, but unfortunately the world doesn't necessarily pay what I think you, you're probably worth. Um, but in IT, there's a, there's a lot of opportunities and you can do well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if a lot of you guys know my story, but I mean, I used to work uh, selling plumbing supplies. I basically sold toilets, and I didn't make any money at all. And um, I mean, it was I don't, I don't I don't I don't want to comment about that. <laughs> Anyways, now all of us can grow up in Oxford and and go to university. <laughs> you keep forgetting that I I'm, a, I'm an immigrant, Chuck. Oh goodness. Okay. Um, but anyways, I was I, I was living off food stamps. My my wife and I we 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 um were on medic I think it's Medicare or Medicaid the one the thing when you're poor, um and there's no shame in that. But we just we didn't have a lot of money, so I needed a way to figure out how to make more money for my family. We had a a, a newborn at the time, and I was stuck. And I, I my dad was in IT, and I'm like, you know, I need to figure this IT thing out. I had originally thought about going down the path of becoming a, a missionary or a pastor. Uh, but then I just decided to go down IT because I needed money. <laughs> That's the main motivator. And my gosh, it happened quickly. I mean, within five years, I was making about 70000 a year um, from making like 11 bucks an hour uh, selling plumbing supplies. So it was a big jump for me. And it happened really fast. So yeah, David, to your point, Cisco and IT is a, is a way to get yourself out of the out of the dirt, out of the mud really fast without having to pursue the t- typical path of getting your degree and spending years and years and years. No, no, you, you can. And the be- beautiful thing about IT is that even the entry-level jobs that don't require really anything pay pretty well. And that's what's amazing about that. And if you jump in and show your worth, you can move up so fast. It, I, I love this career. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, we, we've spoken about this as well, you know, I did a video, and I don't want to keep talking about the videos that I've created, but I think it's relevant. You know, experience is sometimes overrated. Um, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. Your career is shorter than mine thus far. But, I mean, experience is great, and I don't want to, you know, knock experience. But what is your experience? Um, as someone once said, is it like five years of one year repeated? Or, you know, you could have 20 years, but is it like one year repeated 20 times? Um, experience is can be important, but it depends. So why I'm saying that is if you're new to IT, if you put a bit of work in, you can get very far very quick. So like if you had got onto the SDN wave or the network programmability wave or some of these other new waves like Azure or AWS, you know, within two years, you, you're as experienced as a lot of other people because it's new technology. Um, you, that's a very easy way i wouldn't say easy way but it's a good way to shortcut this the process if you like it's a what's the term you use it's a life hack you know mm-hmm. use it gives you the opportunity to do that but if you want to become a medical doctor it's a long process to 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 be that but you could be like one of the top people in new xyz to use the american term uh, technology 
very very quickly if you uh, if you if you keep your eyes out for the new the new technologies and you know jump on the wave. Well, that's absolutely right. I mean, I've seen uh, I've seen a couple times actually to where there would be a person on the help desk at a company I've been working for, and a new technology comes around that no one wants to touch or work on, and they decide they want it to be theirs. They might be assigned that. And within like three months' time, they become the the expert, the shmi there, you know, the subject matter expert, and their role completely changed. And it's not that they went to school for four years and became uh, certified and all this. No, they just they learned the technology really quickly and became responsible for it. And suddenly, they had experience in that technology and they were managing it for the company. And their whole role changed. That's IT. That's amazing that you can do that. And I've seen it happen so many times. Um, so yeah, if, if you're working on a help desk, if you're at a company and you're, I mean. I don't want to dog on help desk guys, but I'm going to do it right now. A lot of help desk guys get comfortable and they don't move around. They don't try. They just get comfortable answering phone phone calls. They get comfortable dealing with the same issues. Uh, did you reboot your PC? Uh, can you click that? Can you click? I mean, like, that's a valuable skill to be able to deal with people and make them happy. But gosh, there's so much more than, I mean, you have so much opportunity. And I, I've seen in my career just help desk people who stay in the same spot year after year, year after year, and don't change a dang thing. But, oh my goodness, if you just look around and see the opportunities around you. I, I at my previous job, I was basically begging help desk guys to come over and let me teach them something. And that just blew my mind because I'm like, this is, a, this is I'm giving you gold here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm giving, like we even were, try, were trying to hire someone from the help desk onto the networking team because we needed someone and we'd rather hire from the inside than outside. It's, I'm telling you, if you just capture that drive and, and passion, you will go so stinking far. You don't even know. And just get onto a help desk and you'll see. You'll see. Done with my rant. <laughs> so I've got a question for you, Chuck, from Justin Denny, if I've pronounced it right. Uh, what is the best way after using books and CBT nuggets to study to have confidence to pass a cert? So would you recommend CBT nuggets, Chuck? And would you recommend books for study? Oh, CBT Nuggets, I wouldn't do that at all. They have this weird guy named Network Chuck on there. He's No, CBT Nuggets is um, not to, you know, I do work for them, uh, but I was a longtime user before I even uh, had any communication with them. I, I got my certifications watching CBT Nuggets, so they are fantastic. But it can't be your only tool. Um, books are essential. If you're a reader, it's definitely essential. And then, uh, but the, I think the most important thing by far to give you the confidence you need, and I think David, you'll definitely attest to this, is labbing, is yeah. getting actually doing what you're learning, applying it, um, not not just for the fact that it's going to help you learn it, but being able to tell someone that you've done it, going into an interview and saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, I've done that. I've done it. In my lab is a lab. Be honest, but you've done it before," and that speaks volumes. To be able to walk through the process and not just have book theory, that's that's essential. It's a funny story I heard from someone, um, and it's happened way too many times, where a guy walks into a company, and they're asking him to confess, let's say, Cisco, ASA, or something. And he asks them, he asks the customer, so, where's this? And the customer looks at him funny, because it's like right next to him. And that's because he's never seen one before. So don't, don't be that person who makes that mistake. Make sure that you get experience and know, know what the dog only ever used virtual labs or you know remote labs or packet trace or something. Yeah, and like I, I want to take that same atomic habits topic we we're talking about earlier. Um, just changing your identity. If you're studying for your CSINT and you've just started, like you you are so fresh, you barely log into the command line. Um, I would say. And first of all, you guys need to read this book, Atomic Habits. We'll put a link in the description. It's so good. Um, it'll change your study habits. It's going to change mine. I'll tell you this much. Um, but anyways, if you're just starting out as a network engineer, identify yourself as a network engineer. Just say it. Like, don't say I'm studying to become. I'm I'm currently studying for. Like, say say that you are a network engineer. Identify yourself as that. Say you are a network engineer because you work on networking every single day. You, you may not be doing extremely large networks, but you're getting to that point. You are learning how to command, uh, work in the command line. You're learning how to design small networks. You're getting better and better every day. You are a network engineer. That's basically, that's, you're, you're learning the habits of a daily network engineer. That's what we do. We don't, we don't come into the job and we have just this infinite 
amazing vast knowledge and we just put our hands to the keyboard close our eyes and just do it no we are we spend most of our time in google <laughs> we spend most of our time in white papers learning every single stinking day because it changes so fast and there's it's impossible to remember everything so yeah i mean that was my experience working in the corporate world is google is your friend learning how to search things and learning how to learn is the most important skill you can ever have so you actually listened to my biggie adventure. Oh, like one time yeah. You said it was customer service. <laughs> <laughs> did I did I say that? No, I meant customer service. No, see, I I take it back. Thanks I've got to wind you up, man. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't have done that in the live stream. Sorry, <laughs> oh no, no, bring it on, David. No, so what do you guys think? What, what, let's hear what the audience has to say. What do you think the most important skill is? Is it customer service or learning how to learn? I think they're so closely intertwined that you need both and they complement each other. I don't think you can go very far without one or the other. Did I lose you, David? I'm still here. No, oh, I was going to say, uh, so I was waiting for the audience to like give some responses. Sorry, I think, um, I think learning how to learn is the most important skill, but I think I can use other words. Um, is a very important skill. You've got to be able to communicate. So I think that's kind of what you said in your video. Communication skills are very important. Um, there are some jobs, you know, with some people are, let's just be honest, some people are not as good communicators as others. Like if you want to be a software developer, you don't necessarily have to be as good at communication as like a pre-sales engineer. So, you know, I think three years ago, I'm just, I'm just trying to remember what, what it was. It says, play to your strengths. So let's say, you know, communication isn't your strength, but coding is, then go and find a job suit your skills. But don't neglect everything. I mean, if, you, if, you, if your job requires that you interact with customers or talk to other people and work on your communication skills, we can all get better at certain parts of our lives. But, um, you know, play, I mean, Chuck, like you and I, I, I'll use this as an example. You're really good at um, marketing. I think that's where you are very good compared to, say, me. Um, but I don't know if that came that how to learn, you know, about those skills. A lot of people have, are naturally inclined careers. Um, I think it's important to learn. Uh, communication is also very important. But um, I'd, I'd say learning is more important. See, I'm going to. Uh, here's my rebuttal on that. <laughs> so fight across the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> you're just you're just lucky you're over there. No, <laughs> um, I would say that uh, customer service skills are more valuable um, in every area of IT. So you may be the case where you don't care about moving up, you don't care about accelerating. You may be just you're happy with where you are in IT. You may be in a low level, mid-level, whatever. I think that's where communication skills are the most important for you. Um, if you want to be like hardcore and advance your career and, and be on the cutting edge, learning is extremely valuable. But I think the ability to communicate, um, like if you're a programmer, for example, if you don't know how to communicate with your boss, the projects you're working on, the things you've done, uh, how, I mean, because you can't just wait for people to see how good you're doing. That's not going to happen. It might happen sometimes, but in my experience, you have to tell people what you're doing. Not in a braggy way, but you have to make it known that, hey, I just did this thing. Um, otherwise, they won't know about it. And that's how you move up. That's how you keep your job. That's how you accelerate in your job. Uh, you got to be able to communicate with higher-ups. That's essential, being able to communicate with your coworkers. Um, so I think communication skills, gosh, just, just in IT alone are extremely valuable because it'll make you rare. Um, and also in life, I mean, just every area. So that's my rebuttal on that. I know learning, learning is like the biggest thing when you're trying to accelerate, but I think it's gonna you're gonna be stunted, completely stunted if you don't know how to communicate those skills. That's the key. That's uh, a very good point. I, 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 it sounds like we, my voice is breaking up again, Chuck. Can you hear me okay? Was it still choppy? I mean, you, you've gone back into robot mode. Uh, you, need, you, need, you need to plug yourself in. You need to charge up again, David. <laughs> <laughs> wireless in this Airbnb, you know, not much I can do about it. You'll have to talk more, and I'll I'll, I'll punt questions to you. I mean, you don't you don't sound terrible. It's just a little little dialecty, but uh, you you sound fine. I think the um, 
like you were saying, communication. I think, you know, you've got to let people know what you're up to. And that would be up on the internet, talking to your boss. I agree. You know, you, no one wants to work with someone who's an idiot. You want to work with nice people, if you can. So you, you should be able to communicate and also be a nice person is important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I think what a, I, I'm going to butcher your name, dude. I know. Nahul said self-study is key. And that that's to, to go back on the college thing. I think it just comes into play. I think when you go to university or college, you lose, if that's your main source of education for your career, you lose the, um, the experience of having to self-study and develop yourself on your own. And that's, that's an essential skill in IT. Um, you have to be able to invest time in yourself and be able to develop those skills without anybody looking over your shoulder, grading your paper, things like that. Uh, you have to have that, that innate self-motivation to do that. Uh, because you come out of college, yeah, you got some fresh knowledge and um, you jump into a job, you, you're gonna know some stuff, but things are gonna change. And if you don't know how to adapt and learn, you're gonna be you're gonna be left behind real quick. Yeah, Chuck. I mean, quite a few people are complaining about the audio from here. I'll blame the the link from you know the uh, across the Atlantic. Most of the talking, if the if the audio is really bad. Uh, I can. I mean, I, I can hear you sort of okay. I can hear what you're saying. But again, yeah, you are a robot. Um. Yeah, we've been going for about an hour now. Maybe we should uh, start to close off. Um, maybe we should do a last call for questions. Anybody got any burning questions? I just want to ask right now. Last chance, go. I think we must definitely do a live from the U.S. when we meet Chuck because it'll be easier if we, you know, next to each other. Uh, someone suggested that that we do a live stream where you know when we get together in the U.S. So I think that's a good idea. Yeah, absolutely, and um, hopefully Cisco has good internet. <laughs> we we would think so, right? <laughs> we hope so. Um, yeah, or do we? Next time we do a live stream, I must be on some island in the middle of this, the ocean, uh, in in the UK, perhaps. Which is uh, kind of a joke because it's also an island, but uh, not not a little island like this. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, David, you just need to stay home, not go anywhere, so we can actually talk more. No, that's not going to happen. I'm definitely going to have to travel more. <laughs> All right, so Anar uh, Amarov said, is the CCNA routing switching going to update anytime soon? Do you have any news about that? I don't know, David. Do you have any uh, news about that? A is all I can say. <laughs> I, I did a video um, when I was at Cisco Live. Um I can't say much. I, I've heard rumors, but NDA, I'll actually uh, ping the, you know, the guys at Cisco again when we're um, at Cisco HQ. Some of the Cisco people helping us, you know, set up this trip are trying to get people from certification and learning to talk to us. So hopefully we can set up a call, you know, meeting with them and find out some updates. At the moment, all I can say is I don't know. <laughs> what a diplomatic answer. President Trump would be proud of you. <laughs> don't, don't make it political now, <laughs> You know, we, you know let, let's not talk about Brexit or any other politics. So that'll just end up in a war. So oh, no. yeah. I will not do that. Um, but yeah, we will. Um, if anybody's going to, uh, someone mentioned that they want us to do a subscriber meetup. Um, we can definitely have something like that at Cisco Live. If you guys are going to Cisco Live in San Diego this year, both uh, David and I will be there. So, yeah, we should definitely do something and talk about that if you guys are interested, if enough of you will be there. Yeah, apologies to anyone wanting my Kelly Linux course. Um, He's too busy on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, Rafi, and forgive me if I pronounced your name wrong. Uh, my apologies. It's uh, it's it's been delayed due to uh, I was I was quite sick this year, unfortunately, and travelled. Um, yeah, that's my excuse. It's uh, definitely high on my list of things to get done. Apologies for the delay. What a bomb! 
shocking, you know. But, I, you know, it's difficult, Chuck. I mean, there's a pool outside here. Should I, you know, create Kelly Linux or go for a swim? What do you think? Uh, sounds like an atomic habit issue. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, touche. <laughs> now, um, I, I've seen this question pop up in the in the chat a few times now. Do you have any input on Huawei equipment? And I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right. Is it Huawei? Is that how you say it, guys? Uh, I get it. You know, I, the, Huawei is different. I, I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong as well. I mean, in South Africa, they're very popular. I mean, South African service provider equipment. And I mean, if there's any South Africans watching, they can correct me if I'm wrong. But when I was lost out there, I know a lot of uh, how being deployed in, in Africa and South Africa being an example of that. I know in the U.S. there's this gangster, and in the U.K., um, I believe the U.K. government is not going to allow 5G um, highway equipment to be deployed. So certain countries around the world are banning it. Political issue. Um, my experience, I don't have a lot of experience with the equipment. The only experience I've had is working with Comware um, devices with HP. So HP did a company called H3C. And HP had a lot of Conway devices, which is basically very similar to Huawei. Um, so that means experience of working with those devices. The CLI is very different to, say, Cisco CLI, but the logic is very similar. Um, I'm not sure what the specific question was about the equipment. I know it's a political issue at the moment. Yeah, it's... I think they're pretty big in China, right? I mean, I, I don't know how big Cisco's presence is everywhere else, um, but it seems like China, they use Huawei pretty, pretty, uh, well, a lot. <laughs> it's very popular. I mean, it's, I think it's popular in different parts of the world. Um, I think that, I mean, your, your, your experience of mine is mainly now these days in the US and the UK, but in other parts of the world, it's very popular. Um, but I mean, unless someone's got a specific question about them, I don't know. If someone asked me today, what should I study? Should I study HPE, as it's known today, or Huawei, or Cisco in the US, or if you're based in Europe? Um, and I think it's true for a lot of other countries. I would study, I study Cisco. Cisco are the market leaders by far in those countries. In China, it's, but, you know, it, it, it very much depends on which country you're in. But, you know, in Europe and the U.S. as an example, and um, in South Africa. Yeah, uh, Cisco is definitely the way to go right now. Um, you want to go with the market leader in your area, unless you can find a job that really, really wants you to learn Huawei. Then that's the way to go. Um, someone asked the question, "What's the best? Uh, what's the best track to go down after your CCNA routing and switching?" Uh, what's the best for your career to make the most money, best prospects, whatever. It's going to vary based on where you are, based on the jobs available in your area. Um, if you do a quick job search and you find out that they really need people in security, then go for security. If you find out that collaboration is really big in your area and they need somebody, study that. It's going to, it's going to be dependent on your specific situation. It won't be a one answer. Uh, but we can give you one answer. Programming ability is going to be pretty big. So <laughs> if you want to have a long-term investment, that'll be the thing to do. All right. Yeah, Chuck, I'd, I'm probably breaking up again. I don't know if you want to if you want to wrap it up or if you want to answer some of the questions. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to wrap it up, guys. Um, so if you have any more questions, uh, we'll probably do another one of these, and we'll be at Cisco here in about a week and a half. And uh, stay tuned for that. We're gonna be posting a lot of content, trying to get all the behind the scenes stuff we can. Um, it's gonna be. I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited. I'm finally excited. I'm excited to finally meet David in person, which we've yeah. never done before. Um, so Definitely. that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, beyond that, that's about it. That was our big announcement. We're going to Cisco. We're going to meet up. Uh, and then we'll also be meeting up in, in uh, June for Cisco Live. So uh, I might be sick of you by the end of this year. We'll see. <laughs> but anyways, uh, that's about well, it, guys. We... Oh, go ahead, David. What were you saying? I was going to say, it'd be good to meet you. Yeah, yeah, it'll be all right. We, we can argue face to face then. That's right. That's right. We'll see if we get in a fight. I don't know. <laughs> No, all the we'll, best Chuck thanks to everyone yeah thanks everyone for tuning in and uh, we'll catch you guys later and don't forget to subscribe if you aren't subscribed click that button uh, we're putting out some cool interviews we have um, Jason Gooley coming out pretty soon and also uh, Keith Barker we've already done those interviews they'll be out soon so that's about it we'll catch you guys later Just.